Welcome to the Everyday Changemakers Podcast. I'm your host, Dave McManus. On the podcast, I interview everyday changemakers to learn more about their story, how they began, and what challenges that they had along the way. With this podcast, I hope to inspire other people to take action on the things that they're passionate about to make the world a healthier, safer, and more inclusive place. Dale Wilkinson, welcome to the Everyday Changemakers podcast. Hey, thanks, Dave. Thanks for thanks for having me. Excited to have you on board. Um, Dale, do you want to kick things off and and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I am Dale Wilkinson. I'm an Aussie living in Los Angeles, going on ten years, and I'm helping connect mission driven companies with people who want to use their skills for good with the company that I founded, which is goodgigs.app, thrown in the web address there. <laughs> Shameless plug. That's awesome. And where, so where did, when did, it, when did it all start for you? What, what made you start Good Gig? Yeah, for sure. So I had started my own production company. My background is in a mix of marketing, advertising, and then it kind of segued into video production. So when I moved over here to Los Angeles, the first year in, I started my own production company. So in the following eight years, I was working with some really cool brands here in the US, doing their, their creative work, producing their video content, TVCs, video content, long form content, all that kind of stuff. I really enjoyed the creative process, but there was always, for me, there was always something missing. And I think it was, that really kind of goes back to when I was back in Australia, living in Sydney and I was working for News Corp at the time, the Death Star, you know? So I was like selling ads on the internet, you know, selling, it was right when MySpace was taking off and I was, I was an advertising executive for News Corp at the time. And really what really kind of kicked this all off was I read uh, New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. I don't know if you've read that, uh, but it's such a uh, profound book basically just gets you to question everything that you're doing in, in life and why are you pa- participating in a capitalist society basically. So once I finished that book, it, it, it had, it had really kind of changed me. And as soon as I finished that, I decided the next day I was going to quit my job and I did. So I went in and quit my job. I'd been there for two years. It was a really great experience. And then within two weeks, I was in Vietnam volunteering for this group that would build homes for the homeless in Vietnam. And I'd never had like done any international travel before. So it was like throw myself into the, into the, into the deep end. And I was in Vietnam and it was just such a, an amazing experience. And and that kind of led me to traveling for two months and then coming back to Sydney, Australia and getting back into advertising and, you know, using what I knew I was good at and, and, and my skills, because at that time, I guess, and I don't know if I didn't do enough research in terms of what are the career opportunities within social impact anyway that that you know next thing i'm here in the states and i kind of get got back into using my skills and then until i just got sick of it and then i was just like i'm going to i had a really good year with the production company the last year that i kind of you know wrapped it up which allowed me to 
take six months off just to ideate, you know? And that being said, you know, taking six months off and going into my savings and such, but knowing that if I don't do this now, I've got the opportunity to do this now, when will I ever be able to do it? And at that point, I didn't know what I wanted to create. I just made a checklist, literally made a checklist. What are my priorities? At the top of that checklist was to build something that had purpose, you know, to be able to do something that, that, that was good to kind of really go back to what I've been trying to do for 10, 15 years. And then that, it was like a three month process of like going to the coffee shop, just coming up with ideas every single day. And then kind of landed on good gigs, taking the knowledge that I had from working in production, working with freelancers, working with creative, creative folks and working out how I can, how I could marry that. Uh, and then I came up with good gigs and, you know, I'm about a year and a half in to the development of it. And there's been multiple pivots and, you know, uh, it's up and down business model changes, but I think the key thing is I love doing what I'm doing and I feel like I'm onto, I'm onto something really good and, and, and it hits everything that I had on that checklist. That's awesome. That checklist and sounds like sort of a three month period. There was multiple ideas. How did you score the ideas and what was, what was the criteria and you know, yeah. what were, what were some of the, the ideas that didn't make it? Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. I, there wasn't, I, I didn't necessarily score. There was no like scoring system. I think there was a few ideas where I was like, oh, that could be fun. Like, let's just, that's actually a good idea. And maybe I could just get it off the ground and, you know, it's not hitting everything on the checklist. For example, and part of the ideation process, and this came back to the time when I was at a production company and I'd develop ideas for TV shows and pitch, pitch TV shows to the networks here. And I'd have a system where I actually got a blank deck of playing cards and on each card I'd write uh, a thought starter. And this deck specifically was around TV show ideas. So it was like dating, what kind of format it was reality. It was script, that kind of stuff. And what I do. And then the same, when I, did this ideation process for coming up with a new business. I did the same. I got a new deck of cards and uh, put one word thought starters on there. And I'd take two random cards at a time and see if I could marry them somehow and just started coming up with ideas. Uh, and then I thought ah, that in itself is actually a pretty good idea. And then I did a prototype of the deck of cards and then, you know, looked around and there was a few other things that were out, out there as well. And then I just, I would keep an Excel spreadsheet of all these ideas. Could you talk us through, I mean, you're not, you're not a software developer, but no. yeah. you built your own platform. Could you talk yeah. us through that? Yeah, for sure. So I've always had this kind of, and maybe it's my impatience, right? Like I, I've, I've with my production company, I can't, yeah, like, like I said, I came from advertising sales. I'm not a director. I'm not a videographer. I don't know how to, I didn't know how to use a camera, but then because of my impatience and it's like, I'm just going to go buy something and, and, and do it myself. I think uh, I have a real DIY streak in me. So over the, the, you know, eight, nine years of running my production company, I 
taught myself how to edit, you know, how to film some basic stuff. If I wanted to pitch a TV show or something like that, I could put the sizzle together myself and it was more cost effective, but also it really helped the creative process, knowing what you wanted and what you were after to create like a two minute promo or two minute sizzle and such. So I always had this DIY streak in me and I always, I always tend to always, you know, have a pretty good idea in terms of the design aesthetic. And uh, when it comes to building a web app, the user experience, the UX, and, and really kind of when you're checking out other apps and other mobile apps and being inspired by uh, other platforms and going, that's a really good, uh, that's a really good UX. So when I started, when I got into the idea of good gigs, at that point, you know, like a lot of people, I think when they start, they've got a business idea, especially now it's all about, I've got an idea, let's get investors, right? Like there's so many VCs out there. So there's so many uh, opp opportunities for capital. There's so many accelerators. I think founders can get stuck in doing application after application of trying to get into accelerator courses when they don't have a product yet or they don't have any, or they could have a product and they don't have any uh, traction. So, and I got stuck in that, you know, I was applying and da, 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 all this kind of stuff. Uh, and it's a waste of time. I, I, I think a lot of them will say, yeah, we'll look at any company at the earliest stage, but they really don't. And if you don't have any traction or you don't have an MVP, they really don't. So my advice is always like, just focus. And it depends on what you're building as well, you know, obviously, but we're at a time you mentioned, actually, I don't know if you mentioned or if I mentioned the no code movement, but we're at a time where there's, there's tools and there's applications out there that allow you to build your own web page, your own web app, your own mobile app yourself very cost efficiently and very quickly. So after I did get actually into an accelerator specifically for underrepresented uh, founders, and that was all about, it was a 12 week program and it was all about getting you ready to get investment <laughs> and really like three weeks into it, it was a really cool program founders gym as well. So if you're underrepresented, if, if you're from any, if you're a, a person of color, woman, LGBTQ, live, differently abled, it's a really, it's a really good program and, and good teachers and, and, and such. But really within a few weeks, I realized eh, I kind of want to like, I want to bootstrap this thing, you know, and, and just start building it. And during that process, I don't know how it came about, but I came across this whole no code movement and that there's tools out there that allow you to build web and mobile apps without knowing how to code. So I came across Bubble, bubble.io, and that allows you to build web apps and really complex web apps, fully functioning, whatever, whatever you want to do, basically. So I, I came across Bubble, but at the same time, I was looking for a developer to build this idea of what I was doing with good gigs. So it happened at the same time. He was about ready to go. And then I came across Bubble and I sent that the link to him and I was like, can you check this out? And he wrote back and he was the head engineer for Soothe app, the massage app. So he's a legitimate engineer. And he wrote back and said, this is awesome. 
this is neat. We could build it on this and it's going to save us so much time and so much money. So it was a steep learning curve, to be honest. And I think it's getting better. Like Bubble have launched a whole bunch of, you can attest to this, Dave, because I think uh, you're getting stuck into this, but they've got a whole bunch of on how to build clones of different, different apps. Uh, but at that time they didn't have that, but uh, so it was a steep learning curve for me, not so much for the UX and the design, but more so the back end of it, the database and all that kind of stuff. Cause it allows you to do everything bubble. So what happened is that I was able to work with him. He was able to teach me this kind of stuff. And the more and more I worked on it and built it, I didn't need him as much. So, so that's how it happened. So yeah, I, I built the first version of good gigs myself. Uh, and then uh, revenue did start coming in and I've been able to lucky enough to get a team now to come on and start building this next version, which I've started to roll out now still on bubble. It's just, you know, it's version 2.0 and yeah, it's, it's, I've been lucky to, to have a team help me, but because I built that initially and understand bubble and I can go in and make changes. I understand everything that they are building, all that kind of stuff. So we're, we're able to move. Uh, quicker and, and, and more efficient. And how many how many iterations did you have since? You know, I, I'm sure what you originally designed is not exactly what it is today. Yeah, I don't even know the number to be honest. And there wasn't like real clear. There's no clear like this is the new version. It's like you're always, and this is where you can get in trouble. I think if 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 you just start building stuff on a hunch, thinking that. Oh yeah. Users will use this. So I think I went through the first thing I kind of launched was the first business model idea of it was it's like, how do we get for-profit companies hiring? It was more of a marketplace model, hiring freelancers on good gigs. And then during that whole process, the for-profit companies would be able to donate towards nonprofits that are on the platform, nonprofit gigs. So the freelancers on the platform would get paid either way, but the for-profits were donating money towards nonprofit gigs and nonprofit gigs, nonprofits would be able to get projects done for free. And then I was like, how do you, how do you test that? You know, how do you efficiently test that? So what I did was, and it probably wasn't an efficient test. I built a, I'm like freelancers are already working with, for-profit companies. So on Bubble, I built an invoice builder. And in that invoice builder, so you can go online and you create your own invoice and then you can send it, accepts online payment through a Stripe integration, all that kind of stuff. But when the client gets that invoice and goes to pay, we had like a donation model that would pop up and give them a choice of three gigs that like from nonprofits. So here are three nonprofits that are trying to get you know, a website built or a, uh, you know, an intro video done or something like that. So that's, and I, you know, I, I spent too much time on that and in, in terms of perfecting what it looks like, that kind of stuff. And so that was the first iteration didn't really, and it, it, it answered my, my, what I was trying to test. And that is no for-profit companies are not going to donate in that sense, because there's a few hurdles that you have to get over. Like a lot of these departments that you're working with marketing departments they have their budgets and they different budgets to 
their CSR department that would handle donations, all that kind of stuff. So, so then it kind of changed to more of a jobs board and just attracting freelancers and people that want to use their skills across tech, marketing, content, design, and creating an aggregation of a jobs board, which is, is still live now. So it's kind of a part of this new iteration, but what the next movement is, is to really build more of a community uh, platform a community think LinkedIn for social impact. Uh, and then the business model is more for the, the, the companies, the social impact uh, companies that will be social enterprises and nonprofits that are on the platform, uh, a subscription model. Once we are at volume and we've got uh, a good audience and, and can create custom campaigns as well with the, with the network of talent that we have on the platform. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. I mean, I think most people who've started something can attest that generally the idea, it's not a linear process. I think that, that that's a further testament if you're not technical to using something like Bubble because it allows you to make those those yeah. changes and not, not, not waste all your money within the first six months. Yep, so that's, definitely. But then you can all. also... You know, the warning there is that like, once you go down this hole of like, uh, and it's awesome, it's an awesome hole, <laughs> learning how to do no code and all that kind of stuff, you can get carried away with it. So I think what's really important as well is to ship quickly, get something out and just think what is the most stripped down version that you can get out to, to uh, test your idea. And I, you know, I still struggle with that. I think we all still struggle with that because especially me when it comes to like creative and the design and the look of something. And I think with a lot of these no code apps and no, you know, people building stuff on there, I will say that I think you should, the money that you're saving on potentially development costs, don't skimp on design and UX costs. Like maybe you need some support in that sense because cool you've got an MVP up, but if it looks like shit and it's really hard to use, are you really going to get the, you know, the right data and the, and the, the feedback that you need? Find the balance, find the balance there, I guess. Yeah, that's great feedback. I mean, the bar is pretty high given that these tools are out there now, like there are so many, so many different competitors. What, what was it like when you first got, first bit of revenue or maybe you sign your first big customer. What was that feeling like? It's, it was pretty dope. It's always, it's always, you know, any kind of validation. And even if it's not, well, yeah, look, I think, you know, it's cool just to get people signing up, right. Even if, if they're not a paying customer and, it, and it's some kind of validation that people are interested in this, any kind of, I try not to get, stuck in the weeds of like looking at the analytics of how many people come to the you know, page, how many people are opening the email, all that kind of stuff. But there's still, you can still find joy in that, right? Like that, that people are coming back to your site. People are, people are signing up. People are listening to your podcast and, and you know, that's pretty cool. So any, for me, and I think that's important as well, like finding those little wins in anything. And then, you know, if it's a paying client, even better. You know, that's, that's, that's an even bigger validation as well. And it's a matter of 
it's also very important to stick to your values, especially I think within the social enterprise space. And I was talking about this with my friend, Brandon Harvey, who has uh, a media brand for good, 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 good. And he will have advertisers that are, you know, want to advertise to his big audience that are interested in social impact. So you still have to stay true to your values, especially in this space with potential advertisers that, you know, are not in, aligned with the company's value and, and, and could be out there doing real harm, you know? So I think it can be easy. I haven't got to that point yet. I haven't had a client where I'm have to turn a, turn away. Uh, I, I actually, I lie. There was one because I'm with good gigs. I'm very specifically focusing on social enterprise, right? So how I define a social enterprise, you know, either legal structure of a nonprofit or a for-profit company, but creating social impact is ingrained in the business model. So these kind of companies where it's like, we um, will donate a percent of our profits to a charity or a, or a nonprofit, but their main business model is still potentially doing harm. I don't consider that a social enterprise. And then, you know, what will stop them from just cutting out the donation element, right? So I've had a couple of them that have wanted to, you know, uh, get on the network and post and get in front of the audience. And I'm just like, thank you, <laughs> but... I'm I'm trying to really, you know, create a community, create a, a real, uh, a mission here. So uh, I think it's important to, to be consistent, consistent with that. I think that was a very long winded answer to your question. <laughs> it was a good answer because it, it's a perfect segue to the next question. I mean, I think you know, what's pretty consistent with a lot of people that I've interviewed is that, you know, you have to make money to, survive obviously everyone wants to do social good but what are some of the opportunities on your on your platform i know there's probably a lot of listeners on on the podcast who want to get involved in some way what are yeah. what are some of the opportunities yeah for sure so uh, right now we've got a jobs board where we're aggregating full-time part-time remote freelance gigs across tech gigs marketing gigs content gigs so you know video creation blog writing copywriting all that kind of stuff and product management project management and just adding a few more categories now so like sales and hr and and, and legal so we have like you know it could be anywhere from like 20 to 20 to 40 new gigs that are posted each day and it's just growing as we add more uh, mission-driven companies to the directory. So, so first thing, what they, you know, the value there is that they could go to goodgigs.app and there's a jobs board basically. So you can filter based on what kind of job that you're looking for, as well as what social issues you're interested in, you know, so they are all categorized as well. So all the companies that are on the platform are categorized based on what issue area that they are, that they are focusing on. So that's, that's the current platform at the moment. You can create your own profile. So we have a directory of good people that are interested in using their skills for good. So we're really, the focus is on building a community and being able to connect these companies and, and with, with the good humans that want to do good work. So that's the current version. There's, there's a whole bunch of other features that will start rolling out over the coming months. 
That's awesome. And are you familiar with the term uh, imposter syndrome? Yeah, deal with it every day. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit more about that? The imposter syndrome. Man, like, yeah, I think it's you, you really, if you don't deal with the imposter syndrome, you are one confident person and maybe a little, you know, naive as well. But I think with the imposter syndrome and with any emotion that you're feeling at any given time that is potentially holding you back is it's important to recognize and be mindful and, you know, take your time. I meditate. So, you know, take your time to do whatever practices you do to help with mindfulness and realize that I've been working with a, a coach, a, an executive coach who also brings in this kind of inner work with his, with his style as well. And he had a really good exercise to do. Like we'd have a session where we were coming up and I had to speak in, in, in front of a crowd. And, you know, like a lot of people, public speaking is, that's where imposter syndrome will, you know, will pop up and it's like, why are you speaking in front of a crowd? You know? So he had this exercise of sitting down, closing your eyes, getting really mindful and then visualizing you in that space or whatever event that you've got coming up, visualize the, uh, the emotion that you're having. And a lot of the times it's fear, right? It's the fear of judgment. It's the fear of making a fool of yourself. So he'll get you to close your eyes, visualize that space. You're on stage. What color? Visualize it to the point. What color do you see? What, what does it look like? What shape does it look like? And then have a dialogue with that uh, visualization. So you are talking to your fear and you can, you know, dig in. Yeah, that's really great advice. I, I think, you know, just starting this podcast and coming in pretty, pretty fresh to it. I think well, I've got a time machine on this podcast. I'm very fortunate to own one. And we're going we're gonna to go forward five years. And in five years, what, what do you see? What's your vision for, uh, for good gigs? What, yeah. what type of, what do you want to create? Yeah, I think, you know, I should really have a clear vision. And I think as solo founders, you can kind of get carried away in just building something and not having that because it changes every single day or every week. Uh, I think in five years time, I'd really like to have a sizable community on good gigs on the platform, but most importantly that, you know, realizing their purpose and being able to, work on causes that they are passionate about and to get paid for them. And I think, you know, one big thing and one thing I'm, I'm trying to address, which you see this narrative across um, definitely in the nonprofit space that, you know, if you're working in that space and you should be doing, doing it for the good of it and not for a career, not for a good salary and all that kind of stuff. And, and I think that's, broken i think that's backward and with good gigs i very much you know am really focusing on the for-profit mission-driven companies but that 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 is really the goal the, the more and more people that i can get working on what they're passionate about the issues that they want to work on and and 
creating a really good career out of it, you know, getting paid what they want to be getting paid or creating what they want to be creating, being their own founder. And ultimately all that leads to, you know, real progress on these social issues that these mission driven companies are tackling, you know, racial equity, the homelessness environment, all that kind of stuff, making a dent in, you know, all those issues. I think that's a really good question. It, I should be sitting down and, and getting very specific about what I see in five years time. But like you, you know, you, you're aware of this in two months time, that could be a completely different, different goal. I mean, I think that's a pretty great starting point. And yeah. I, I, have to, I have to admit, I, as you were saying all those things, I'm like, yeah, great. That, that, I mean, that's definitely part of the reason why I started this podcast. So, yeah. And I think it, it, you know, if that's my big why, you know, and if my big why is to help people use their skills for good, so it can forward humanity, the people on our planet, then how I do that could change. There could be so many different vehicles of doing that right now. It's good gigs. I've, you know, I've, I've launched a podcast for good gigs, good makers, you know, so that's doing the same, like what you're doing as well, you know, and, and totally agree. The, the, the more people doing this, the more people that are able to make careers out of this and, and at the same time, creating really good impact and, What's your advice to somebody who's listening to this who's passionate about a cause and maybe thinking about starting something or just getting involved? What's what's your advice to them? Just do it to, to steal Nikes. Just start, just start something, I think. And from the, the guests that I've been fortunate to have on my podcast and who I'm speaking to who are amazing impact professionals across across the board i think you know a, a real key point that comes across all the time is proximity proximity to the issue so if you are if you you know want to work in this homelessness um, issue that we're that we're facing and it's and it's massive then you know maybe you haven't been on the street but you know you can get that proximity by going and volunteering for these organizations that are trying to help and such. So really get a insider perspective of that issue. Like anything, right? It, it, even if you're just a founder and you, you're creating a, a business from whatever problem, and it may not be a social issue, you've got you've to look at that problem inside and out, you know? So it's, a, it's the same with the social issue. And I'm just going to like, I, I, even though they're not my suggestions but all the people i've spoken to like again brandon i think with his had amazing advice brandon harvey and he said make sure it's something that breaks your heart you know because like you were saying before it is hard work to start a business it's um, incredibly hard work so make sure that it can sustain that um that work of day in day out that you have to work on this on this problem and just do it and just move, right? I say, and that's across the board. Just start something. And whether that is, you mentioned it before, a Slack group, whether it's going out and volunteering, just do something. And then that starts this forward motion, you know? It starts a, a chain reaction. That's awesome. Or go to goodgigs.app 
also. Yeah, yeah go there first. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sal, for, for taking the time. I really appreciate it. And um, I'm pumped about good gigs. I'll be referring people there. Thanks, Dave. It's been awesome, man. Thank you. Well, that's another episode of Everyday Changemakers. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means a lot. If you can hit the subscribe button on the podcast player of your choice, that would be greatly appreciated. And head on over to djmgrowth.com forward slash everyday dash changemakers to get the latest show notes. Thank you so much.